Podcast would carry me away. But while talking to Squeak Nick and Michelle get a word in Edgeways, record over a bottle of rum on a darker Southampton Bay. To South, that is what we're talking about. To South, saddle up my microphone, get deep in Baker Bone. South by Southeast. Hello and welcome to Due South by Southeast. My name's Detective Squee, and with me, as always, is Mountie Michelle and oh, and Dottie Baker. And joining us this week are Turnbull, if you will, our Mini Mountie Prime. It is. Hello. It's like Mountie Neve or something. Or, I mean, Mini Mountie Neve. Mini Mountie Neve. Mini Mountie zero zero one. Mini Mountie Prime. Yeah. 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 Our first Mini Mountie. Well, well, welcome back to the show. Hello. You been good? Yeah. Okay. Well, this is the show, lest we forget, where we give Jew South our, its Jews. Mm. Now, Michelle. Why is Matt Bellamy, Chris Wollensteinholm, and Dominic Howard here? Well, Muse. That's what you said, right? No, said g- give Jew South his Jews, not give Jew oh, South Muse. I'm on. sorry, lads, if you wouldn't mind leaving. Sorry. Oh, oh, we'll be off to make some more whiny pop. Oh, no. Sorry. Oh. Bye. Oh, oh, no. I feel bad now. They're going to make a record about that and it'll suck like the rest <laughs> of their music. Sorry, I said it. I don't care Ooh. who he is. Luckily, Gary didn't hear you. He's a fan of Muse. I can say it louder then because <laughs> <laughs> they're just whiny. I don't care. Anyway, Muse bashing, <laughs> Muse bashing aside. Sorry, guys. Uh, we're going to go straight into this week. Michelle? Mm. What rum are we drinking? Ooh, we've got special rum tonight. Well, and it, it's it's special because we've got a two-rum week. We do. Now, just to clarify for everyone, because I don't want them to get on my case, not that anyone cares apart from me <laughs> and you, but uh, this is a two-rum week, so next week we might have a repeat rum. Possibly. So sue us. Like, oh, we might have a new one. But at some point, we've got to run banked. Well, That's then, what I'm saying. Next week, maybe we'll do two rums again, and, and one of them will be a new rum. Well, I'm just saying, if at some point we get a week where we don't have a new rum... We already won ahead. Yeah. We're averaging one new rum. We banked a rum. That is my mission. <laughs> Much like we bank episodes, so I don't know when the hell this is coming out. I've completely lost track of when what's coming out. So the mini Monty Club might be like. Well, in fact, shall we go straight into? Mini- well, no, we haven't done the rums yet. Sorry. No, so, I'm not oh, talking about this rum. I'm getting ahead of myself, Michelle. So uh, first one. So this is a bit of a special rum. It was my birthday rum. Hey, older. Um, <laughs> so uh, no wiser as got... we'll get into in a story in a bit so i got this as a present for my lovely husband it's actually a rum liqueur Ooh, yeah Ooh, very nice so it's by a company called black eight or is it 1.8 i'm a bit confused whether it's black eight or 1.8 
but yeah that's the company and it's called it says pirate grog on it it says pirate grog Ooh. Ooh. Uh, yeah so coffee rum liqueur and it tastes like tia maria and i think tia maria is rum and coffee <laughs> Yeah. So I think this is a little bit of a rip-off of Tia Maria. Oh, okay. So we did... In fact, I haven't tried it yet. So uh, uh, cheers. Cheers. Live tasting. Mm, Yes. Which is great for a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, that is very Tia Maria-ish. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Although, is Tia Maria rum? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, because when we were buying um, some more rum, we looked at Tia Maria, and yeah, that is rum and coffee. Oh, we're going to have to have a very girly Tia Maria night then. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes us well with Coke as well. So yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, this is probably... Mixed. Not that that's the only qualification that's got to mix well with Coke. We just usually drink yeah. it with Coke. And Tia Maria is quite uh, a lot on its own. Mm. This, maybe it's a bit more of a special rum. It's a five-year aged rum. And it has premium Brazilian cold brew coffee. Well, I will so give it that this has got a bit more of a, like the taste lingers a bit mm. it's got more legs on it i believe is the correct phrase Ooh, check you out oh yeah so yeah so uh, that's our first rum and the second rum is one i brought around this is one i got for uh, christmas i believe birthday christmas i think it was for christmas no yeah i haven't had it as long as my birthday no no it must have been christmas yeah so i have unleashed the kraken Ooh. kraken Dark rum. It oh, this is gorgeous stuff. We like this one. We like crack, and this is one which we've uh, we've been drinking for a number of years now, mm. uh, but uh, never before on the podcast. So bizarre and fierce sea creatures, as seen through the eyes of imagination, the Kraken black spiced rum. Import an imported rum blended with spiced caram with spice caramel and other natural flavours. So it's basically a health product, I'm pretty sure there. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how we should drink it. It's the new year, we're on a health kick, we've gone for Kraken. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's natural health. It's, it says natural products, so I'm pretty sure that means it's, it's all healthy. Yeah, diet rum, obviously. Exactly, diet rum, really. Diet rum, yeah. We will lose weight by drinking this rum, yes. I'm pretty sure. Especially when I've added Pepsi to mine. You've died, added oh, diet Pepsi, yes. so you'll See, just... I'm proper health kick, gone for the diet. So you'll get cancer. Anyway, uh, no, no, that's been disproven, I know. Anyway, <laughs> enough of that artificial sweetener talk at the end. Uh, so that that's the rums we're drinking. Mm. So, Michelle, what are we on to now? Mini Mounty Club. Let's hear that tune. Mini Mounty Club! Hey. So, Michelle, yes. I believe we have two. Well, we've got, well, I know we've got two inductees mm. today. So first of all, we've got an email. Or have you not got the email ready? Have you got the email ready or do I need to stall? I need to log back into my phone. So I need to stall is what you're saying. don't need to stall. It's right here. So I, yes, I got an email. Very. You got an email. Oh, I love the fact that you're taking credit, (laughs) even though there's someone who I know. So no, it's fine. You you take credit. I got an email from Caper Girl Me. Mel, me? It's not from you. I'm trying to take the credit for everything now, aren't I? Caper Girl Mel. Yep. That is what she's called. Uh, Mel Walker. Yeah. Also known as. And she, I I will, well, actually, we'll hear her email in case she says what I'm going to say. Go on. Well, yeah, you say we'll we'll see her um, email. Well, hopefully we'll hear her email. Yeah, well, I've only got my reply on here. You know when I said, should I stall while you get it already, and you said no? (laughs) Was that a little premature? Yeah. (laughs) You should have thought, okay, this is Michelle. She thinks she's got it ready, but yeah, she hasn't. Well, I'm, I'm vastly realising this. Oh. 
So I've, I only seem to have my reply here. Well, one oh, machine. No, no, oh. no, I pressed a button and it's come back. See, see what I have to deal with here, Neve. <laughs> see what I'm dealing with. This is every week. A true week. professional. I have to live with her. I, I have nothing but... I feel so. See, even Dotty is kind of snorting, going, yeah, I know. Anyway, so yes, I do have the email right here. So I'll read it out to you. So. Well, that would help. Well, I'm trying to be the professional here. You're failing. <laughs> Hello, Detective Squee, Mountie Michelle, and Hello. Dotty Baker. I've finally been able to subscri- subscribe to your podcast on my regular podcast catcher, and I'm now catching up. I'm already on episode seven. Well, good for her. For making it that far. I would like to make a request to join the Mini Mountie Club. We're never going to say no, are we? I don't know. It's We're very choosy. Uh, you might get in. She's actually given us a list of reasons why she should join. Brilliant. I want to hear them. I mean, I, I was already joining, signing her up at that point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, you gave us reasons? Okay. okay. We gave that up long since, but cool. If you do write in and you give us reasons, then you, you are higher in our estimation. <laughs> but you're going to get in anyway. Yeah, you're going to. Um, so one of my qualifications, you may ask. We weren't, but brilliant. Yes, yeah, you've got yeah, some. Yeah. yeah, I like it. So number one, she's 100% Canadian. Brilliant. Perhaps, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Number two, she... Red, white, but never blue, eh? <laughs> um, I grew up on the best Canadian coast, a.k.a. the East Coast. I didn't know, that I, I didn't know there was a rivalry, but yeah, let's yeah, go. There we go. She, she's East, East Coast all the way. Number three, I can't, current, I can't speak. I currently reside... There were no signs. I currently reside in the nation's capital, Ottawa. Brilliant. Ooh. Four, I've been to a maple syrup farm. Okay, I've got nothing but questions at this stage. I know. And we will be getting Mel on an episode soon. We, I've already... Well, I mean, finish the email now. Yeah, yeah. So number four, um, no, number five... I have an older cousin who is actually a Mountie. Oh. <laughs> How has this never How come is, up in my conversations with yeah. her? Surely the cousin should become one of our mini Mounties. <gasps> yeah, Mel, if you're listening to this, write us with... Well, check with your cousin first. We want it to be on the level. We want them to have given... We, we, we are all about the consent of Mounties on this yep. show. Yep. We're not Weinsteining this. Anyway, we're all about the... Which will come up in this episode. Anyway, um, so we want consent from the Mountie, but we want an actual Mountie, a mini Mountie club. Please, dear God. And if he's got anything he can send us, <laughs> I will pay for postage. <laughs> or her. I'm not saying it's he. Yeah, it doesn't say if it's... Could be a female Mountie. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Do I need any more qualifiers? No, you're in. <laughs> you are in. Yeah, more than in. Absolutely more than in. So yeah, so that was Mouse. So she's number thirty-two on our Mini Mountie Club list. We uh, Canadians salute you. Mm. Welcome to Mini Mountie Club. And yeah, Mel has actually written me about uh, becoming, or you know, coming on to give her top ten Mounties. Mm. She's Canadian, so she she Is qualifies. Her going to be one of them. I'm wondering. Well, we'll have to wait and find <laughs> out. Uh, I am gonna. What I was trying to do previously was make it every other week. We have a. A regular episode and then a mini Mountie episode but we're actually doing quite well on recording the regular episodes mm. so I'm going to start releasing them in order because it's just becoming too complicated for me to keep track of what we have and haven't said yet for instance our next mini Mountie was one which Mel was very excited about this is a friend which I made uh, and I think I can call him a friend now uh, I was on the this was through my Doctor Who podcast Gallifrey Stands 
So each week I have a guest from Doctor Who on that. And I was on the Mark Who 42 podcast, which is another great Doctor Who podcast. Please check them out now. And I happened to be on an episode, you know, an episode where they were talking about one of the episodes of the TV show. And Jeremy Raddick was on there. Oh, I didn't know the name at the time. But he played Gareth, it turns out, in the Doctor Who 1996 TV movie with Paul McGann. So we got chatting on there and I said, well, actually, if you wouldn't mind, like, if this isn't too gross of me to poach a guest while I'm on your show, while I'm on their show, would you mind coming on my podcast? Because he, he's a regular guest, I think, on Mark Who, or has, you know, guest appeared a few times. He's from the Capeless Crusader uh, website, where he writes articles there now, because he's given up the, the acting biz a while ago. And uh, it turns out he was also on this Canadian TV show called The Odyssey, which Michelle and I have now watched an episode of, which I will have talked about in the episode which I recorded with him, because I invited him then, because I thought, I've got this wealth of people I know from Doctor Who world, if some of them are Canadian, wouldn't it be perfect to uh, invite them onto the Telegy South podcast? So... As people will have, I'm sure, no doubt heard, we talked to him about The Odyssey, the TV show he's on, with Ryan Reynolds, mm, which is really yeah. cool. Uh, his part is Fractal, and uh, Mel was so excited to hear that, that Fractal was going to be on the podcast. She was the one who gave me a lot of the questions. But yeah, so our guest from a few weeks back, or my guest, on the mini, or the Mounty Moment with Mounty Jeremy Raddock episode... Jeremy Raddock is our uh, 33rd? 30, yeah. 33rd mini Mountie. So, Jeremy, sorry that you had to wait a little while. I'm sure you're not listening, but welcome to <laughs> Mini Mountie Club. Uh, Jeremy Raddock, uh, in brackets, Gareth from the 1996 Doctor Who TV movie slash. Fractal from the Odyssey. Close brackets. O-Y-D-S-S-E-Y, I believe. Something like that. And for Caper Girl Mel, it's Caper Girl in brackets, Mel Walker. I'm going to say that's how we should write her name. Okay, and that is how she's on. And all that is for my own amusement and doesn't affect <laughs> anything else, just to make Michelle make more notes. So, now we've got that out of the way, uh, quickly let's just talk about our week this week. We like to do that at the beginning of the episodes. Yeah. So we've got stories from Londinium, we do, we which kind of connects to uh, Canada in a very weird way. Do you realise how? Um, I, I, I may have an idea. Well... We went up to London yeah. for the premiere mm. of uh, Shooting Clerks, which is a biography, uh, well, biopic mm. based on Kevin Smith making his first ever movie, which is an indie movie called Clerks, yeah. and about how he shot it during the day, or sorry, he shot it during the night at the convenience store he was working in during the day. It's whole story. They've got loads of great cameos from the cast of Clerks, mm. and oh man, did we enjoy this. Michelle, and Michelle was for your birthday. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, even though this, birthday. even though this episode is going to come out probably weeks afterwards, so your birthday was on the sixteenth. Sixteenth, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Michelle, great, great movie, wasn't it? Oh, it was. Yeah, I think we both kind of went down thinking this is going to be good. Yeah, we're going to enjoy it, but well, I, maybe I mean, our expectations weren't 
time. Well, the thing is, I'd watch the shorts which these mm. guys have done. They'd already done these little uh, uh, short featurettes where they... Uh, one was called Babylon Begins, for instance, where it's um, a fictional tale of how Hollywood Babylon started, how they met, and how they were superheroes or something. And they've done shorts about the life of Kevin Smith before. So, um... Shall we just wait until you go out the door, Neve, as opposed to really distracting me in the corner, trying to be quiet about it? Just, just go, just go, Neve. I'm sorry about this, dear listener. It's, it's, it's the kind of professionalism you failed to get here. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So they made these shorts, and they were good, and they were kind of entertaining, and uh, the guys in it were doing a, a good job. But I was kind of expecting. And sorry, that sounds so patronising, but I was kind of expecting we'll hear some. Stories we've heard before, Kev, you know, Kev Smith telling on his many podcasts and stage shows and stuff. And uh, it'll be those acted out and sort of stitched together. This was so much more. There was so much, which I had so many stories I'd never heard before. And by the way, before we forget, we were in the VIP seating. We were. were yeah, we were right behind yeah. the cast and crew. And our friend Ben Gummery from IndieMacUser.com. He had done loads of coverage of the film and talked about it a lot on there. So he was given VIP. And I said, oh, thanks for sneaking us in the VIP bit, Ben. And he goes, no, no, your name was on there. Apparently my name somehow, I have no idea. I, and God knows the guys didn't seem to know who I was later on. And by the way, I don't say that as if they should. But uh, they didn't seem to, unless they just didn't recognise I was that guy. Because I've, I've done a bit of sharing out of stuff for it and a bit of talking about it. But... Uh, but yeah, Michelle, what do you think of the movie? I was actually really impressed um, by all the actors in it. They did such a good job at portraying the And people. they're Scottish. Yeah, a lot of them were like, Scottish and there was some English. They did an amazing job. I didn't actually realise that some of them were English and Scottish until afterwards when they did the Q&A and I actually got to hear their true accent. So I actually think they did a really, really good job. Oh, you didn't realise? No. I, 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 oh, I knew it was a Scottish company. and I kn- See, I didn't. Yeah, I kind of knew the work of a few of the guys... Mm from before but yeah no and what I love about it is it's an indie movie about an indie movie yeah pretty much the story of these guys and how they put it together isn't quite the same they didn't quite do it uh like Kevin Smith shot it uh using some credit cards which he signed up for basically it became a joke thing of his too and I I think I have heard that story but not it's not one Kev tells very much Mm. Of him uh, signing up for credit cards just to see if they would accept him. And they give him ridiculous limits. And it became a competition between him and Brian Johnson to see who could get the highest credit <laughs> limit. What was the worst thing to do? Yeah, yeah. But they just stacked them up at home and they wouldn't use them. And uh, so then when it came to seeing the film, it was like, I'm just going to shovel on them. If, like, a worst case, I can make the minimum payments on all mm. the cards. So that's how the film kind of came, came to be. And I, But I don't think these guys... I think these guys got their money together first mm. but apart from that pretty much it's kind of a similar tale of how they brought it together i love the way they use black and white in color as well sorry we will go on to g south in a minute but i just really want to uh, praise these guys because they did a marvelous job with very little resources they got a camera from kevin smith and um yeah they they managed to they've shot in black and white but when you go to video footage like camcorder footage or footage of security cameras which would usually be in black and white. Those bits are the bits in colour. Mm. I like the way they turned that on his yeah, head yeah, so it was good. used very nicely. 
And yeah. Kevin Smith, yeah, plays a Canadian. I, I, was, I was actually going to say, yeah, he plays a Canadian, but I don't think either of us realised that he was actually trying to do a Canadian accent. Yeah, it was only in the Q&A when they go, it's like, well, we wanted Kevin not to dress in a hockey jersey, not to dress as he usually dressed, look a bit different, and we, th- that's why he did the Canadian accent. It's like, he did. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there was the only one bit where he goes, eh? And like, I knew he was playing a Canadian because it was in Toronto, that mm. scene. And part of the movie is set in... Uh, Canada because that's where Kevin Smith yeah, went, he went to, to film school. Film school. I think, yeah. So there is a there are yeah, there's a there's a Canadian element yeah, yeah. to it. So I think we've it falls in our remit just about here. Yeah, I've been getting Scott Mosier, his producer from those films, Canadian. So um, so yeah, a great film and a great night. Um, yeah. So happy birthday, Michelle, as well. Yeah, thank you very much. Okay. Uh, even though this will be February by the time this comes out, <laughs> mid February probably. I'll be used to my new age by then. Yeah, uh, she's not bad for fifty-four though. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. It's uh... you are harsh. <laughs> I mean, the fact that you're younger than me is nothing to do with this. <laughs> yeah, you're what sixty now? 60 yeah, but according to that kind of math, yes, probably. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's. Uh, have we got any other things that we do before? Like we've done the mini mount club. We've done the. How was well, your do you week? Want to do facts now or facts a bit later? Which facts? Fun facts. Oh, fun, what, from IMDb? Yeah. Yes, because uh, we found a few facts out about this episode on IMDb. Uh, one which I kind of remember off the top of my head while I'm looking to get it off IMDb <laughs> is that uh, in this film, there's a janitor and it's MC Guff and, in bra- and it's got an in-out board yeah. and it's it slid to in. So it says MacGuffin, which is in uh, TV and film parlance. That's what they use for plot device. And it, throughout this episode, they've got a book of matches which is passed around, which is the MacGuffin, mm. the way you get from one scene to another. And he's the latest guy to have the matches. So, I, oh, I love little details like that, little fun things. Well, I think that really does kind of sum up this episode, I mean, which we'll kind of get into a little bit more. It was just an episode of just gems all throughout it. It was. And this is the first part of a two-parter, which for reasons which we'll get into in a minute, kind of plays out throughout it. But it's, it is so chock full for, you know, given you've got a two-parter and it kind of, uh, oh, I'm getting into it now. And then I'll go through these facts if I can find any, because now I can't find any. Um, so while reading the newspaper for ideas, Fraser suggests seeing Gilbert Sullivan's Ivanhoe, which we're about to see in a minute. Although Sullivan wrote the music to Ivanhoe, the librato was written by Julian Sergis and is an opera, not one not one the Gilbert and Sullivan operettas. Mm. Well, shame on you, Jew South. Oh, oh. IMDB burn. <laughs> IMD burn, in fact. Uh, the bus tour heads from Water Towers. Oh, Errors in geography, I don't give a shit. No, I'm not even going to read that out. Um, so, uh, quotes, trivia. What? Says, be the first. Where did I get the trivia then? Says, be the first to add trivia for this title. There was some there. Go on. Someone's like deleting my tri- trivia. But why would the trivia not be there now? Michelle, what have you done to this? Don't look, you can blame me for most things, but not this. I can blame you for anything. I'm really good at it. I've had a lot of, lots of practice lots of over the years. Oh, okay. So the plot, plot summary, as per uh, IMDb is, watching over the very reluctant daughter of a Canadian diplomat puts Ben... Oh, oh. It's that guy again. Puts Benny... 
knowingly on the same path as Ray, who's investigating the murder of a prominent underworld figure. Mm. Really good plot summary and very uh, very true. Oh, Minnie Mountie's just going to bed. So good night, Minnie Mountie. Good night, Neve. Bye. She's just signalling frantically through the door. Neve, just open the door. What do you want? What? What? Jeez. Want? What? Remote. Night, love you. I mean, I didn't know, even know Neve had an off switch, let alone a remote control for it. <laughs> Good night, Neve. Uh, <sighs> I mean, Jesus, <laughs> the mini Mounties you have. Like, never work with Michelle or children. That's the phrase. It's, uh, <laughs> oh, look, and Dottie looked up. And animals. <laughs> <laughs> Dottie's like, you better not start on the animals, because, Jesus, <laughs> you guys will be nothing without me. So on to this week's episode. Um, so what what was the uh, thing which we... What, what, what do we start on? What do we start on, Michelle? Where to start? Where to start? Well... Should we start on the clip? Yeah, I think we should start with the clip, actually. So we're going to start with the clip right from the beginning of the episode. So Michelle's just going to queue it up now. And it's going to be like magic. There's going to be no dead air. It's going to be very natural. I wouldn't have, really to, I have to do any filling. So certainly it'll be ready to just play... As I say go, which I'm not going to yet because uh, I don't feel like it. Not because Michelle isn't ready, but now I'm going to say go. And she still fluffs it. year old girl, and this is your first time in Chicago. What would you most like to see on your first evening? How about La Boheme? You have to give opera more than one chance. That was the Yukon White Opera, and I thought they did their very best under extraordinarily difficult circumstances. In fact, it's a miracle that poor woman was able to sing at all after having been dragged out of that snowdrift. Oh, now here's an idea. A modern dress production of Gilbert and Sullivan's Ivanhoe. Wrong! No, you're right. And she is 16. I mean, perhaps I'm being a bit conservative. Mind you, she's the daughter of a very important Canadian trade diplomat. I can hardly invite her to a sock hop. I've got the museums and the gallery scheduled for tomorrow. I just have to find something that she would enjoy doing tonight. Oh, look. The Bee Gees are reuniting. You know, I don't even know why I bother talking to you when you're in these kinds of moods. May I be frank? I only started talking with you on the ice floe out of sheer boredom. Now you've got an opinion on virtually everything. Well... From now on, you can keep your opinions to yourself. Oh, how do I look? Well, thank you. Right. Uh, there's a lot to unpack right there. Let's start uh, w- with the end, where you've already got Benny taking his hat <laughs> off a hat. Like, there's a device which he's got. It's like a little table. Which has got little, um, uh, oh, little arms which you swing around, which yeah, hold his hat in place. It's a bit like on the back of a you know, photo frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like that. He's got a little rim around the top of his hat to keep his hat prim, pristine and in mm. place. He's got a device for that. And I'm pretty sure that must be a device. I'm, I don't think they, invent, they invented that for the show, but maybe they did. I've never, ever seen one of those before, but it's amazing. I'm wondering if that is an official Canadian, like, Mountie hat holder. Wow. We when we've we'll, got... We'll look into that. We'll have to find out. When we've inducted mm. Mel's cousin yes. as uh, Mini Mountie, we're going to have to have him on to, like, bust some Canadian facts for us. Yeah. Oh, a conversation with natural Mountie. <laughs> 
Oh, I'm that, so excited. That's too exciting. Well, I also have to ask that one of the things going on in that scene is he's ironing his boots. Yes. Like that's a normal thing to do. You, you don't iron your boots before you go out, Michelle? No, I don't. Disgrace, no. disgrace. No wonder you look so scruffy all the time. Is that something they genuinely do? I would like to know. That's something I do anyway. I, I don't know, but like, I'm, I'm sorry, everyone sorry, listening, I'm sure, is going, it's like, jeez. You high boots on, you have to give them an iron first, yeah. So, Mr. Bellamy, yeah, I was on them before I go on stage for Muse. Oh, shut yeah, up, no sh- one cares. Sh- go away, sorry. Uh, Kay's gone again. <laughs> Jesus. We've uh, them on the show, have we? Yeah, good, good. <laughs> They're not Canadian, like a, anything. They could be massive Jew cell fans. We don't know. And I still wouldn't have them on the show. I'm sorry, I draw the line at Muse. So I've got Muse problems. Anyway, uh, if you're having Muse problems, I feel bad for you, son. <laughs> yeah, anyway, uh, Baker. Yes. I mean, let's call it right now. Baker moment of the week. Absolutely. Because it's the only bit he's in. Yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> so Stephen Baker doing a wonderful kind of bit of reaction, just facial reacting. A noise. He's reacting to him with his voice. He's, yeah. He's looking away. He's yeah. He's and being a bit of a diva in this one. And what I'm starting to love is is the uh, little um, squabbles between Benny and Ethan Baker. Yes. They are actually pro- some of my favourite moments. Yeah, it's another one of those um, kind of relationship moments that you seem to get with this program. It, oh, it's one of the little gems that's going. You know, so many gems like dotted around this episode but I absolutely love the beginning yeah and th- I mean there's so much which is explained so uh, what's the term I'm looking for so oh god uh, precisely without any air in it it's uh, it's explained very uh, uh, tidily um, Michelle help me yeah I agree with that Michelle not helping me uh, it's very yeah, yeah. economic that's the term yeah, I yeah. wanted yeah, that's, to use that's a good one. yeah thanks Michelle Ah, jeez. It's very economic in what it does. Like, so you've got quite a lot of heavy exposition, really, there, but it doesn't feel like exposition. It feels like he's talking naturally. They've got him doing something, and he's always doing something while he's doing it, so he isn't just going and saying, like, uh, let me explain something else. So it's a 16-year-old girl. It's uh, the diplomat's thoughts. Have, have we covered this? You know, it's, it's it feels very naturalistic. Yeah, it's setting up the plot. And it's very hard to bury exposition in an entertaining way. Mm. As I found in the plays I've written, <laughs> where I failed to do that in certain scenes, but that's not the point. I'm getting better at it. That's the main thing. Get off my case, Michelle. Quite frankly. Well, I think you've you've got you know, like we say with setting up the plot, but also it's kind of setting up something else that's going to happen as well. You see all the preparation that goes into him putting his suit on to go out to meet these people, and he's put clearly putting a lot of effort in. He's making sure he's looking pristine and he gets there and he still doesn't feel like he's dressed enough, that he's looking good enough. Yeah. He turns up and he's like, oh, I, I didn't realise this was a formal event. And you're just thinking, really? The amount of effort you've just put into to this uniform. Oh, I love it. When and he, you did that when yeah. you didn't even know it was a formal event. And I love what makes a formal outfit is he takes the sash off, a uh, little uh, string sash off. Yeah. And he puts some gloves in his belt, yeah. which he's made Ray come out and give him. Yes. That's lovely. I mean, that's a classic, uh, like Ray's on an important mission, you can tell. Mm. It's something which is kind of an important case, sorry. Yeah. He's really invested in it. It's like, Benny, what was the emergency? I brought the gloves you asked for. It's like, well, I'm, I'm in a completely wrong outfit. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you'll never know how grateful I am. Yeah, yeah. He's like, no, I won't. I'll never understand this. <laughs> 
I need better friends who was the line. It, it, it's it's yeah. so nice. It's uh, and another great, you know, it's a Ray and Benny mm. moment. And it's one of the things that makes this a really interesting episode. It's not Ray and Benny together like they normally are. It's obvious and it is. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. For most of it, it isn't. Yeah, most of them, it's them together. But this one, it's... They're on the same path. They're kind of like crisscrossing on the same path. That's what I love about it. Yeah. Is they've got two separate plots, mm. which they manage to interweave very nicely. And whereas it's usually Ray being pulled into Benny's situation, so usually Benny's got this really wacky, out-there kind of case. And I think seven episodes in, they want to mix it up a bit. Mm. So instead of that, Benny happens to be where Ray is for his case, and he gets embroiled into it, in you know, in ways yeah. which makes it one kind of case by the end of it. Yeah, and that's really nice. And by the way, uh, I'm very excited. Like seven episodes in, first two parts for G South, mm. and so this is the first two parter. Well, no, it's not the first two parter for G South by Southeast because we did Broomman in yeah, two parts. Yeah. But this is the first two parter from a two part thing. Mm. Yeah, our first Due South two-parter. Yeah, it's a good one. Oh, it's great. The paciness of this mm. episode. And uh, something I commented on was the fact that they open up with the full song, basically, of Neon Blue, mm. uh, which I forget the artist, but it's on the Due South soundtrack, a song I very much enjoy. And they play the whole song, and it's like, you do get the feeling, it's like, well, they know it's, know it's two-parter if they're investing in the whole song of this. Yeah. And there's a moment near the end of the song where Benny completely coincidentally looks at his watch, and going, it's like, yeah, you think they're investing a lot of time in this too, don't you? <laughs> yeah. So I was starting to wonder, it's like, please say this episode isn't padded, but there is nothing wrong with a two-parter allowing a bit more air in the mm. episode. And they kind of do that in that moment. They're kind of showing around the hall, they're showing uh, the... Daughter of the Diplomat, which Benny's going to be charged with looking after. They're flashing around with, you know, the, the dad there. Uh, Benny looking a bit awkward. The, just the singer, just for the sake of it. Yeah. They're taking their time to establish it. But after that, then the episode goes... Yeah. It just, it, it soars off into the distance. Yeah, and I feel like they they felt that because it's a two-parter, they could add in little bits here and there. And they're just com- little comedy things yeah. normally. And it's so nice and it works really well and you don't feel like they're padding it out. It's Not at you all. You feel more like it's, yeah. they've got the opportunity to do it so they're going to. It's sort of like, well, that too, that too, definitely. But also, we've got an episode which works, or two-part episode which works so fast-paced and I really hope the second part doesn't live up to this will be so crushed because this was such a strong opener. And I don't remember this one that well. But we've got an episode which kind of, the scenes fly by, they're very kinetic, there's a lot of action happening, a lot of things which happen fast. So because of that, we're going to have moments where we're just going to, yeah, we're going to have a full song. And we're going to have like establishing shots during that song. We're going to have a bit which is in a fetish club, where we're just going to show funny things within the club. Which we could lose if we needed to for time, but we've got the time to tell that kind of story. To really establish where we are and have a bit of fun with it. Yeah, that's that's really what it felt like, and I feel like we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves a little bit because yeah, yeah. we were actually going to show one of the clips um quite close to the beginning, only a couple of minutes into it, and it's the scene. Yeah, one of the story, the story that's going alongside Ray, is somebody's been murdered in an alley, so he's there, and um, Welsh is there as well. So we're playing that scene. Yep. called it in. 
Uh, one of the broken nose guys in the bar found him when he came out to get his car. Do we have cause of death? Judging from the hole in his back, I'm ruling out asphyxiation. All right, they all tell the same story. They were playing cards. Frankie was up. He stepped out. He never came back. They figured he went home a winner. What do we like for this? It's got to be Eddie Beats. No, Eddie's a soldier. This took too much initiative. Four days, Eddie's been getting itchy talking Frankie down. When he says somebody was putting big thoughts in Eddie's head. Eddie didn't have the brains for big thoughts. If you got the list, you don't need a brain. That list is a fairy tale. Frankie's a very hands-on kind of guy. He kept a meticulous record of every distributor and dealer he ever knew. He owned Frankie's list. He owned the entire West Side. We checked the body. There's no list. All right, everybody's on this. Oh, come on, I don't want to work this school hey, will we? Half the city is up for grabs right now. Nobody sleeps. You find me the door and you find me the list. Vecchio. Frazier, I'm sort of busy right now. Are you uh, otherwise engaged, detectives? Uh, no, sir. Good. Ready to go? Are you ready to make it? And, uh, I mean, let's start with Walsh getting a very fine-looking, uh, what's she, so she's a forensic woman? Yeah, it looks like she's a forensic um, investigator. Yeah, lovely-looking lady. Um, a bit younger than him, he's doing all right there, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A uh, little, <laughs> bit, creepy in, <laughs> little bit creepy in today's uh, climate, which this episode is full of moments like that. It's, like, that's not... Vastly creepy, but at the end of the day, yeah. she he is her boss <laughs> and probably shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. No, no, shouldn't be his boss, her boss, but like uh, openly dating a subordinate who's younger than you <laughs> and perhaps like, uh, yeah, again, position of power. There's a lot of things which, uh, if you think about them for any length of time, are ideal about that. But there's creepier things in this episode, so we're going to let that one go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're going to let it go because it gets worse. Because <laughs> for how good this episode is, there's definitely some things which date it during to the climate now and the climate then. Yeah, awkward. <laughs> yeah. And there you see Ray getting the call from uh, to go from over to yeah, Ray so, with the outfit. So I think this was another good kind of scene setting scene. It, it's kind of kind of telling you everything you need to know about Ray's little journey in this episode as well. So someone's been murdered. They were expecting to find this kind of underworld person's list and they didn't. So where's this list? And obviously then it kind of goes on to show you where that list has gone. And, and the list goes on travels <laughs> throughout this episode. It's It's kind of got its own little storyline, this list, hasn't it? Yes, I, I like that. I like the fact that that's... Again, it's a it's a MacGuffin. It's it's a thing yeah. which goes between different places and different people, and the fact that it keeps on interacting with our main players yeah. is kind of coincident. Like it could just get lost at any point, and it's kind it's it's a bit fantastical mm. that it keeps on winding up around the same people. But it's it's fun. It's just fun. Yeah. It's it's a larger than life due south element that is okay because this isn't meant to be a documentary style tv show it is larger than life it is silly sometimes it is fun it can have large ideas like that yeah yeah so the list is contained within this um, match this little matchbox and one of the little things that i like book of matches yeah Yeah. because they fold out to have the list in if it was a box of matches that wouldn't work Thank you for picking me up on that. I'm, I'm pleased to. I'm <laughs> pleased to always pick you up on details. <laughs> but what I liked was on, on the front of this um, book of matches. 
That's why I'm the detective squid. (laughs) (laughs) It has like a skull and crossbones and says smoking kills on it. And just after this man has been killed, there's this matchbox in his hand that says smoking kills. I, I quite liked it. Well, yeah, there's that, obviously, element, but obviously it's like, how do we make this really distinctive so the viewer knows this is the same matchbook? But it's always just nice to have, I mean, any Walsh scene. I love the Walsh scenes. Michelle, thank you for dramatising what I was saying there by going... You were Do I? Jeez. I thought this outfit was pretty contemporary, but fine. And you got Ray get set to work with Huey and Dewey. Yeah. Which is very relevant yeah, to the episode as well. Normally they're kind of taking the mickey out of him in the cases he's doing, but this one, they're working together on quite a significant case as well for them. And it's nice yeah. that they irritate the hell out of yep. each other. Yeah, he's not enjoying it at all. <laughs> and it's another one of these 90s moments where they're smoking in the car, which seems so different. I know there's yeah. people who still smoke in their car, but it's so rare these days that people choose to do that. Yeah. Yeah, so you're kind of like judging nowadays, really, smoking in the car. Yeah, uh, so what's what's the first of the moments from our list which we have to shoehorn in without naturally doing it because I can't see the list? Oh, well... Um... I mean, take your time, Michelle. It's, it's... Sorry, even with my glasses on, look at me struggling to read. It's my it's age, a... it's because I've got a bit older. What That's a podcast love <laughs> loves is dead air. Oh, dead air. Uh, so... I think one of the next things we kind of went to was actually jailbait. All right. <laughs> so I was trying okay. to get into that. Oh, we're, we're straight into jailbait. this. Uh, yeah, we did get into that pretty early in the episode. Yeah. Yeah, it, it popped up quite quick. <laughs> Made us uncomfortable. Well, there is this classic element of, uh, of shows like this. Mm. And you've seen it before on other TV shows where you've got a, a, a someone's daughter who's been looked after by someone else. I'm sure it's been... I'm sure it was covered in Bilko, a very similar plotline. Yeah. You've got this... Like, you've got a superior officer, or in this case, a diplomat, who gives their daughter to someone to look after. Mm. And a lot of the time, they'll actually give it to a sleazy character who's then got to protect their virtues, which is not their usual place. You know, and even, like, the, the, the daughter will come on some and stuff. And yeah. I'm sure if we look back on many such tv show episodes it'll be creepy and the per- the girl will not be of a suitable age or whatever else there'll be probably a lot but in this particular one it's definitely she has just turned 16 as it would as is established yeah. and there is a taxi driver in particular she's in the taxi actually can you line up the taxi scene I feel... Sorry, right, Michelle, yeah. I know you were trying to load up another scene. Yeah, look at me trying to load up another one. Okay. I, I feel like we really need to hear this, because uh, uh, the, the taxi driver is taking every opportunity to hit on her. Oh, back a bit, back a bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, play from there. So we're, we're going to just play this in there, then we'll talk about it, because I, I don't think we can do this justice to how... Again, remember, she's just turned 16 in America. Legal age, I believe, is 18. Yeah. Here at 16, and still creepy. Straight away. I mean, she's definitely aged, dressed to age her up. Which sounds like a creepy defensive, uh, 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 but it's not. It's just. There is that it thing of when. Up in court, would it? Well, no, but there is that thing when girls dress older, mm. and the guy, I believe, is about 
tw- early 20s, would you say? Yeah, probably early 20s. So I kind of... If she was 18, mm. I would say he's on safe ground. Hmm... But if nothing else, we know she's 16. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a scene you wouldn't get now. Taxi driver's chatting her up, and uh, Ray's bringing out an itinerary. Sorry, Ray, uh, Benny's Benny, yeah. bringing out an itinerary. Fun things to do in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, yeah, we we're going to talk about the money scene. Yeah, let's talk about where we're going. <laughs> we talk on the fly. So you get more fun with Canadian money. I think that's the third callback to mm. Canadian money. I mean, does Ray, does Ray, does Benny not learn by now? Like yeah. they like American money in America. Well, I'm guessing it's the fact that he's got nowhere to spend this money, so every opportunity he gets, he'll try and offload it. Well, fair play to them. Third uh, time in, they're still coming up with new jokes to do with it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's uh, Minnie Mountie Blake talking in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Minnie Mountie 2, was it? Yeah, he's number 2. Yeah. Say hi, Blake. Hello. Okay. This is a great scene in this episode where Benny actually gets on top of the yeah. the taxi roof. Yeah, he gets on top of the taxi roof. He runs after and jumps on a bus. He jumps on the top of a yeah. truck front, I believe it is. Yeah, he does, yeah. He, there's a lot of Not classic <laughs> Benny uh, on, on vehicles. Mm. But one of the lovely things is like... I just turned 16 years old. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, so before he gets out the taxi, he hands his hat to the taxi driver. She, he just, taxi driver just called her very fine. Yeah, Save it for wrong. a second. <laughs> so this is where it gets very creepy, so, so we want to capture this. I'm not sure this is the most Right, so he's trying to skinny dip with her and get off with her. Yeah. Look, I mean, and he's just like how old she yeah. is as well. Did she? Did he actually say it? She says I'm sixty. Oh yeah, yeah, she does, doesn't she? Because I was just thinking you could do a comedy moment, like when she says that of him going, it's like oh, 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 oh. Yeah. No, that didn't, that didn't happen. Actually, yeah, pause it now. <laughs> I think we covered. It. Um, and I love the fact that it is a category in these episodes, or in, in due south mm. of. Uh, 
classic uh, Benny on top of a vehicle, like which it's a it's a category for this show. Yeah. Not every show's got that no, as a category. It does it like, and it's classic Benny style as well. It's uh, not just reckless get out onto a taxi roof. He's thought things through. <laughs> before we get onto the Weinstein moments of this episode again in a second, what were you going to say before? Oh yeah, I was going to say about the hat. So he passes his hat to the taxi driver, climbs up, and then kind of reaches down to grab the hat. There's so many hat moments. <laughs> <laughs> there's hat moments. There's vehicle moments. There's everything you love about Juice yeah, like, that I think that's why I enjoy this one so much. It has got so many Juice tropes in this, but without it seeming like forced. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> I just love it. He, you know, so he reaches around, he gets his hat, and he's on this in this reckless moment of being on top of a moving vehicle, and still he looks and checks he's putting his hat on <laughs> the correct way. It's not just don't oh, grab the hat, stick it on. He's like, right, let's make sure this is on correctly. He still doesn't want to look like he's dressed inappropriately. <laughs> it's it's the most bizarre thing, and I just love those little moments. I do too, and I, I might have to bring it down a bit here. There was some genuinely, I, I, I just, it just clicked in my head while you were talking about that. And you may have noticed the kind of, hmm, like the, <laughs> the blood rushing from my smile, whatever, like the way you like to put it. But we're talking about Weinstein, I'm alluding to Weinstein, <laughs> we're talking about the creepiness in within this yeah. episode. Did you hear about Paul Haggis? No, I'm the, no, no, no I, I, I'd love to say that this isn't going somewhere bad, but. Just hear me out with something. Okay. First of all, Paul Haggis, there's been women who've accused him of inappropriate sexual behaviour. And I did want to kind of address this. Jesus, I was trying... I wasn't planning on addressing it in the middle of an episode, but we will just because... Unfortunately, it seems so apropos of some of the moments in this episode. The thing is, he is an ex-Scientologist who's spoken out against Scientology on an episode of Leah Remini's Scientology in the Aftermath. Right. And they are famous within Scientology of going after people with false accusations. And yet these are real women he used to know. But if you go throughout someone's life and try and find people who are willing to get paid money to say stuff. And I'm not... It's one of these things where this is my problem with the I believe you campaign. Mm. I think the more appropriate thing is to say I will listen to you. I will take what you're saying seriously and we will investigate this. If you jump to I believe you, you're jumping to everyone who's accused is guilty. Mm. And I've kind of got a bit of a problem with this. Because, yeah, when you get, like, uh, tens of people coming out against someone from throughout their career, then, yeah, it's very hard to believe that there isn't something there to it. I believe it's three women who've spoken out against Haggis on different kind of issues... What they're saying isn't the exact same story, which is the other thing which, like, in the case of um, of Cosby, the, the mm. thing which made it, unfortunately, way too believable is the amount of people and the fact they all had the same story of being drugged and waking up the next day after being assaulted. Shit, again, I'm really sorry. I know this is usually a fun podcast. This is, but I feel like it's kind of something that, as people who are watching the work of this guy... Uh, admittedly we're watching on YouTube so he's not benefiting any money from this episode but I do no no I, I, I shouldn't make that I bought the box set of this show I love this show and it would affect my enjoyment of the show potentially if this turns out to be true however he is accused not found guilty there is definitely a realistic um, possibility that these claims 
are motivated by another group. And I don't know. Mm. It just it did seem just <laughs> when I was watching this, it didn't click with me until now because I thought about before. Should we bring this up on the podcast? Should we not? And I I, I didn't even get round to mentioning it to you because I forgot no, about no, it. No, I haven't even heard no. about these accusations. Um, but yeah, it seems again that there, there just seems too much grey area where. And again, we're not saying we don't believe these women, but there seems too much grey area where the things like this have been done by Scientology to bring in false claims of uh, uh, sexual misconduct and other things against people because they, what they do is bringing people down. So I'm really sorry to, to have done this in the middle of the episode again. This was not but my intention. I suppose intention. if we are going to bring it up in an episode, maybe this is an appropriate one because... Um... Well, if we're going to talk about inappropriate uh, sexualization of young people <laughs> and there is an accusation against someone on the show and we don't mention it, I feel sort of like we're... Um, I don't know, doing some sort of disservice of some kind to the listener. Like, if someone's watching this and they're thinking that, I don't want to get an email or a message on the uh, on the Facebook page of someone going, well, do you know about Paul Harris? Because I do. And uh, now Michelle does. Yeah, now I and, know well. uh, and we hope... Jeez, it's sort of like, no, there's no good end to that. Mm. We kind of hope it's not true and that it's just people who are motivated by... The ugliness of Scientology. I'm, mm. I'm sorry for any Scientologists listening. I can't believe there will be any. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think if nothing else, I think they'll be black. They would be blacklisted from listening to this because of Paul Haggis. <laughs> That's a possibility. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So we will move past that. But yeah, there is a lot of moments mm. which it's just one of these things whereby, if you put it in context of the time, yeah, probably not great. But it's like this is the kind of thing that happened on TV at this time, and you would definitely not have it. You would handle that differently. You might have those elements, yeah. but you definitely have. As soon as she says she's sixteen, that cab driver would go, "Whoa, I'm pulling over, and you're getting out of my cab yeah. now." Yeah, I think you would. You really would nowadays. It's not yeah, like this was filmed as as it should be. Because yeah. <laughs> again, if you look at her in this episode, she is kind of dressed to look older. Mm. There's definitely that in there. So you can almost you could still play that moment, yeah. but very differently. Yeah, you could I mean, you could play the earlier bit as it was. You know, she's getting into a taxi late at night. She looks older. You know, believable that he's going to look at her and think, "Oh, nice young lady." You know. Um, yeah, that moment she says in the back of his taxi, sixteen, and he's still trying to get her to go skinny dipping and kiss him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Creepy. Yeah, and, and again, I'm going to guess he's at least 20 there. Yeah, at least, I think. Yeah. Right, so we'll move on to something a bit more fun. <laughs> yes. Let's go from uh, inappropriate uh, sexualization of children to kinky sex clubs. <laughs> that seems inappropriate somehow, but still we're going to do it because it's they're what happens adults. in the episode. <laughs> yeah, they're adults. They're clearly much older adults. It's sexualization a in a more appropriate arena. <laughs> Uh, and it is a bit of fun, you know. They, the the club she wants to go to, he, well, she said she wanted to go to like the Wilders Club. Yeah. So the taxi driver takes her to this. I mean, he definitely club. fulfilled his remit there. <laughs> yes. He definitely he did. He was like, uh-huh. she wants to go to a fetish club, obviously. Yeah. But what, I, I mean, like, and you're sure you're 16, right? Fetish club it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I thought it was going to get better, but that sounds worse. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the club's a bit of fun. 
It's it a is. bit of light-hearted fun in, in the episode. And, and there's definitely a believability to when she goes up to the bar and she goes, how old... The, the, the barkeep says, like, how old are you? And she goes, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, how old do I look taking out and, you know, money? money. And he's like, you're old enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems so... I know, I was going to say totally fine. No, of course, uh, serving uh, drinks to minors isn't totally fine, but that sounds... It's more believable. Yeah, that's very believable. More believable. <laughs> yeah, now the club owner, I think, or bartender would be going, it's like, hell no, yeah. it is not worth my job. Not worth losing my licence. <laughs> yeah, whereas 90s is like, sure, just serving a minor. <laughs> I'll guess life on the wrist at best. Mm. Yeah, you've got people dressed up um, in all kinds of ways of... <laughs> very kinky ways um, lots of leather going on yeah I mean uh, 50% of Michelle's wardrobe was right there on the screen absolutely yeah, yeah. I thought I could fit in here quite nicely <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, like that. I do like the the links they've come to say so you've got a guy dressed French yeah uh, a guy in a maid's outfit which is on the screen at the moment mm. uh, paused very nicely Michelle <laughs> um, you've got uh, a couple of t- twins dressed yes. I think like The Shining I think so, yeah. And yeah. That oversized lollies and... Yeah, uh, which hit on Fraser. And it's... it's Fraser is the perfect character to be put into there. Yeah, I mean, even, like, turning up and he's looking at the other people going in, he's like, ah, oh, costume party. Yeah, exactly. That's really nice. <laughs> he's not thinking kinky fetish club. Yeah. He's thinking, ah, oh, costume party. <laughs> and, uh, of course, you've got the guy dressed as a Mountie, which we thought was just a fun element yeah. to be in with forgetting that he turns out to be the plant from the police. Yeah. There is a brilliant moment with Benny, though, when he's trying to find this girl because she's, she's done a runner. She's run out of the club. She's trying to get away from him. And he turns around and sees somebody dressed as a Mountie and then talks to him, like, assuming he's a Mountie for a couple of seconds. Yeah, and then looks at the outfit, sees it's made out of rubber, and is like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That was a great moment. And I love the fact that that guy turns out to be a cop. Yes. He's working He's like with the team. cover with Ray and... Ray's team. Yeah, yeah. Now, I posited there. Now, I don't know how much they thought of this when they were writing this episode, but what if Ray put him there? Yeah. I like to think that Ray was like, uh, right, so we need someone to go undercover. He's going, brilliant. Let's do, let's uh, do him as a kinky Mountie just to... <laughs> Just, just for my own amusement at yeah. the expense of Benny. Benny will never see it, of course, because he's thinking Benny will never be there. Yeah. I think that's my own amusement. Joke. Let's get one of our guys dressed up as a yeah. kinky mountie. But that totally works. I, I hope the writers thought of that and you know thought of the internal mm. logic of that because it's quite believable. I think. But it might just be. I think it's probably coincidence, yeah. but. That yeah. that would be damn fine writing if they'd done that yes. on purpose. Like it's like we'll never it, we'll never out and reference this, but this is mm. definitely something that Ray has done. Yes, but of course, once they're in the club, the matches. So the the woman that's yep. got the matches um, with the list in, she's at the club. She's and the guy um, Eddie, trying to get this list off of her. He's in the club. She drops the matches into you know this young girl's handbag. Yep. So this is the first time that the book of matches kind of transfers and starts kind of moving off. Yeah, yeah. Well, the be- you could say at the beginning, because mm. it's the guy who's got the matches. She picks them up from him. Mm. So that's the first transfer. So this is okay, the second yeah, so transfer, this is, yeah, technically. Yeah, the second transfer then. Yeah. But it's the first transfer to someone who isn't related to the yeah, person. Yeah. 
So this is uh, both stories properly interwining here. Interwining? Interwining. I've, I've, just made, I've made up a word. <laughs> well, they, they stop for cocktails first. They interwine. <laughs> so they have some drinks <laughs> and then they, they, they swap matches. Yes. It interwines. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but we're just going to go with that as an, an actual word. Um, one, one thing I really liked in this scene is... He wants to handcuff himself to the girl so she can't run away. Yeah. <laughs> he turns around and says, has anyone got any handcuffs? And then a, a hundred different handcuffs come out. <laughs> Everyone in the club's got a pair of handcuffs. <laughs> they're kinky buggers. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is genius. I it's uh, it. oh, Again, I just I go back to that thing of... I said before about Sherlock Holmes and mm-hmm. the whole thing of, like, right, to write that, you have to think that way. To think, how do you think of that? Like, we'll have a moment where he wants some handcuffs, and of course, he's in he's a fetch club. club. <laughs> it's genius. It's yeah. just, yeah. Lovely little moment. <laughs> oh, but then, of course, Benny's in this club and he gets caught up in everything. Then Ray and his team, they come in and they want to arrest everyone in their club because they want to find this this book of matches with this list. So they arrest everyone. And of course, Benny's there. Benny gets arrested by Ray. <laughs> and I love that the Ray doesn't just go, it's like, let's say Kevy just travels with me. It's like, no, Benny <laughs> in the truck. And Ray looks really disappointed in yeah. Benny as well. It's like, jeez, oh, I, I always knew there was something about him. <laughs> and if you look at it, like they didn't even play it as large as they could. Yeah. Again, especially now. It's so caught in a, in a fetish club yeah. in his outfit. Yeah. With a 16-year-old girl who he's meant to be looking after. He's now handcuffed to her. Oh, it's, yeah. I mean, Ray should be going, like, this better not fucking be what I think it is. That's, uh, what the... Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting situation to got himself into. But again, there's another Benny moment. Like, they go outside the club and, and there's a big truck. They're just loading up these people that have been arrested into a truck. And there's Benny going, oh, after you. After you. Yeah. All these people that have, have been arrested and loading trucks. Oh, after you. And Ray's like, you just get on the truck. <laughs> Excuse me, may I just... Uh... <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, and uh, I think we have another scene coming up. So they... You mean a clip? Yeah. I mean, you always a have another of... scene coming up. Like, you know, sometimes oh, we talk about them, sometimes we play the clip. We're going to play a clip. Detective Squee. He doesn't love a Walsh scene. <laughs> so you have no idea that Eddie Beats was even at the club? We were working on a tip from a very reliable source, sir. We're squeezing the patrons, sir, but most of them won't even give us the real names. Sir, this club is a very well-known hangout for the people who run in these circles. If there is a list, which I sincerely doubt, and a person wanted to sell it or parlay it, this is the place they'd go. So you're telling me these are all underworld figures we have out here? Well, they're mostly hangers on a wannabe, sir. This was a very reliable source, sir. Very reliable. Look, detective. Let's say the list exists. If Eddie Beats has it, he controls everything coming to the west side. 
that Detective Gardino, if you had just seized control of the entire West Side, would your first act be to go dance in leather underwear? Perhaps Detective Gardino's the wrong person to ask, sir. Did you search Beach's apartment? Yeah, head to toe, there's no list. Look, do it again. What, are you serious? And get these perverts out of my squad room. <sighs> uh, a moment of your time, sir, of a personal nature? If this has to do with people smoking in the men's room, I don't want to hear it. It's a little more delicate than that, sir. You say I have this friend who, through a unfortunate set of circumstances, happened to be in the club at the time of the raid. And you want to bounce me? May I ask who this friend is? And he's waving. Really? Ah, uh, yes, sir. Who's the girl with me? The daughter of the Canadian diplomat. No kidding. <laughs> Pause it. See how casually they treat that as well. <laughs> yes. Still, like while she isn't going, it's like. How old is she? Like she is. I know. No one brings this up there. There he is. He's handcuffed to a sixteen. Really? Girl. I mean, go him. He, he almost sounds like that. <laughs> Isn't it just me? Or does that sound like he's going really? really? Like you know, well, oh, there's a naughty side to him. I didn't yeah, know yeah. <laughs> it's almost like yeah. Well, that's not okay. It feels very boys' club. It does. It just it's uncomfortable. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So as good as this episode is, there's some moments. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And you know, Daniel Cash, I think it is, who plays Dargin Gardino? Hmm. No, not Dargino. Dargino? Gardino. Is it just me or was his hair a bit like that? Oh, I hadn't noticed. I wonder if he's playing... Like, sometimes if actors have got another job, they'll lighten their hair for something. Ooh. Well, it's possible. Yeah, it's just a little side note. Yeah. Uh, lovely, again, lovely Walshine. Mm-hmm. Always love watching. Lovely, good scenes, lovely yeah. perv acting. Yeah, uh, yeah with the, per- the perverts as they call them. <laughs> yes. We don't kink shame on this podcast. And we we don't judge anyone with a fetish. <laughs> no, no, no. Because uh, God knows the hosts of this show are Dotty alone. Oh. And if you could see what we were wearing right now. <laughs> and if you could see how Dotty was licking itself behind you, Jesus Christ. Yeah, anyway, that is true. Yeah, that actually did happen. <laughs> She always likes to be right in the centre of the room when she does it as well. It's disgusting. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you also get the the planting of the list in the plot here quite nicely mm. as well. So, we know about it. We know this list is going around. We kind of got an idea of what it is, but they kind of really explain what it is in this one. Mm. Yeah, and they didn't even know if there was a list yeah. So it's like they've heard of a list they don't know exists but you know obviously we've seen this we know yeah I think you'll find we know <laughs> we know because we're, we're just watching everything yeah yeah and we're also seeing what's happening to this list as well this list has got it's it, it you know it should get a credit again it's nice it's nicely woven mm. it's nicely woven together and one of the things that we were actually going to mention about the list as well it's one of these things that keeps getting dropped and picked up by other people yes attached to people's shoes and there's a part where a little there's a tiny little girl a little toddler that's like walking along yeah. I don't think she's quite toddler I think she's yeah, about maybe a little bit older, five maybe but she's small yeah five I'd go and she just picks them up off the floor and gets in the car with her mum um, yeah which which we're not I'm going to go with the mum for that. No, no, no. Yeah, kids pick stuff up. You know, you could, you try to stop them, but maybe you're looking out for the lights as opposed to, you know, yeah. make sure it's safe to cross as opposed to watch them. So that bit we're not judging the mum. We do yeah. judge the mum a bit later on. Yeah, because uh, the, the mum says, don't put that in your mouth, sweetie, when she grabs the matches off her. Not, where the fuck did you get matches yeah. from? Or, honey, you shouldn't be playing with that. Where's this come from? There's this off the street. Honey, you've got to be more careful. No, it's like... 
can put that in your mouth and just toss it out the window. No other explanation, no other kind of like uh, worry about her having matches. It's like, oh, it's just my daughter with some matches. I better just, just keep it away from her mouth. Like, like them, don't eat them. Yeah, so yeah we, we will judge. Yeah, yeah, uh, child services. Mm. At least no one tries to date her. <laughs> That's the one point. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but anyway, I feel like we're jumping back and forth a bit in this. Um, I don't care. But jumping back a little bit, when they're in the police station. This oh. is going quite clear, you don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah. Um, obviously, the, <laughs> the, the me, father yeah. of the girl comes to pick her up from the police station. Obviously, he's been informed that his 16 year old has been arrested. Yeah. <laughs> With the man that has been like charged yep. and is being paid to look and after her. And he does her. have a reaction. Yeah, he he does. He's definitely not happy. So he comes to pick her up. And of course he's he's like, what the hell's going on? Why, why are you in this kind of club? Yeah. Um, Benny takes the full responsibility and says it was his That's fault. lovely. That's so. Yeah. That's such a uh, Fraser moment. It's, that, that's perfect. Perfectly mm. acted. My one problem is though, after he does take the fall for her, I mean, well, she's... she's pissed off with him but mm. like that's her thing of like well no one's treating me seriously I wanted to get kind of caught of doing yeah. something so my dad would have a reaction that's beautiful she wants that that's reaction all quite lovely it's really really obvious that is what this is all about my only problem is that the dad then goes like uh, Benny goes that I'll get her back to the hotel safely I promise you have my word for it that he doesn't go fuck you you took my daughter to a to sex a club, club. <laughs> to a fetish club <laughs> And now you wanted to, to, to take us up? No, just no. Yeah, I'm going to let you escort her back to a hotel room on your own. I mean, yeah, I get that he's kind of uh, always busy with his work and everything, yeah, not yeah. paying enough attention to her. Maybe he's got a thing about not knowing how to be around her mm. when his wife died. I think that's what it is. Which yeah, is perfectly acted. But still, I, <laughs> if I were him, I would at least be going, it's like, well, could some other detective or someone else look after and escort her home safely or back to the hotel safely? Yeah. Not... Oh, you brought it to the fetish club. Go on, then. I'll give you another go. I'll give you one last chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd say that's a pretty strike one and you're out kind of deal. Yes. yes. <laughs> and there's another bit afterwards. I feel like... <laughs> Do you yeah. mean we're going to play a clip? So. Well, we're going to play a clip. I feel like we're skipping bits. But, you know, we're well, going back and forth. When we, what bits we are we skipping? Well, I don't know. I'm just going by my notes. But I feel like I there is a part where I just haven't taken notes. Yeah, let's go with it. Yeah, we'll go I, with it. But we're covering this well, I feel. So, anyway, so they've gone back to the hotel. And, of course, she's this rebellious teenager. She's not going to stay in the hotel. Benny knows this. She escapes and jumps on, bizarrely, a London bus <laughs> yeah, in I, Chicago. I'm guessing this is just something they do in Chicago. They've got a mocked-up London bus as a tour bus. Yeah, yeah. Or... It says Piccadilly Circus on it. Yeah, on the front end, but it's got but Chicago it's a, on the side. Yeah. So it, I'm guessing it's just a either a mocked up London bus or a London bus they've taken over. Is that a license plate to say old 822? Something like that, yeah. Oh, so yeah. Significant. So it's either it's either imported or it's one which yeah. they've mocked up. Uh, I'm, I'm, wondering, I, yeah. I'm wondering, if the, is there a connection with London and Chicago? I'm guessing it's just a tour thing because, well, but they at one stage reference uh, London... Well, at the back of the bus, it says London Bridge. Yeah, and they reference that at one point. Yeah. So maybe there is a. I'm wondering if anyone knows of a connection between Chicago. Yeah, is there a mocked up? Is there a mocked up 
area of Chicago mocked up to look like London? I don't know. Is that maybe a thing? I'm not sure. It's probably a, a thing which, like, Americans are going, yeah, of course, you know, which we don't... <laughs> we understand. have the replica of... <laughs> yeah, well, maybe it's like Little London, is, like Little China, like we had last last week. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, the Chinatown, just, London town. It just struck me as a bit of a bizarre thing to have this London bus as a Chicago tour bus. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm not really sure of the significance of this, but that's what we have. So do we have a clip? Yeah, we have a clip. We're going to play the, the clip of... Um, so it starts off the girls on the bus and Benny Fox. The girls on the bus go round and round. Not all day long. Shall we have the sound as well on? Oh, go on then, let's spoil them. <laughs> Michelle, you're such a tired <laughs> <laughs> that's, why, that's why we do this together. <laughs> I bring the podcast experience. She brings writing notes for me. <laughs> and setting up scenes to play, and I do that really well. <laughs> yeah, perfect. You couldn't do this podcast without. Yeah, this is where the, the kid picks up the matches. Yeah. Picks up again. Okay, yeah, she's The mum's a little head. She's concentrating on her shopping. Opening the car door. Responsible mum so far. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're Benny running. <laughs> Yeah. So he yeah, sees the girls on the bus and he just runs at the bus. Yeah. Hey, you see this guy's bathroom? He's got a marble toilet seat. Was this the bit we meant to play? Oh, yeah, marble, huh? For a psycho. And he's got good taste. Yeah, but Shall we stop with that? Oh. <laughs> Should we just abandon the yeah, clip? We're, just, <laughs> we're gonna play some random clips now. I feel, I feel like we're playing a clip we didn't meant to play and a bit which we've already talked about. Uh, shall we just boot up the third clip if we've already talked about it? Yeah, well, though, I'm thinking, I think the London bus clip. So I think what we were going to show was she's on the bus and she starts talking to the stranger. He's obviously um, a foreigner. Yeah. And oh, yeah, 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 the, the, the foreign yeah. kid, like, about, like about her age? Not, yeah, he's not far off her age. And, and actually, it, it's a nice little clip. And one of the things she said earlier on was she just wanted to meet a stranger and fall in love. And yeah. you kind of feel that's what she's trying to get out of this situation. And she's saying, it's like, and, and yeah, and she, it's, it's kind of like she's forcing a moment. Mm. But it's kind of there and it's kind of not. It's like, There's it is attraction. there. Well, there, I feel like she's, they're vibing off each other. Mm. And it's kind of quite naturally nice. And then she kind of goes a bit heavy. Mm. And that's when he leaves the bus. So I yeah. feel like he, she kind of is trying to force it because she wants that nice yeah. moment that she mentioned earlier. Mm. I, I kind of love that. Because mm. there was something naturally happening. But because she's young and inexperienced, maybe, she tries to push it and force it. And because she's had so much not living that she wants to just live, yeah. she tries to rush to the punch, if you will. Yeah, so he gets off the bus, but then she follows but meanwhile, I mean, you've got Benny that is just running along behind this bus, desperately trying to catch her. He can't let her go. And he's trying to just grab hold of this bar at the back of the bus. Eventually, he manages it. And there's this brilliant moment. It's like, yes, he did it. He got it. He pulls himself up. And there's tourists on this bus. And they're just like, wow. They <laughs> so they start, take photos. Yeah, they're taking yeah. photos. And the big flashes make him fall off. <laughs> <laughs> And I love the next bit where he turns around, faces this truck coming towards him, and he looks like he's just waiting to get run over. The next thing you know, you're seeing it from the truck's point of view. Mm. So you see him seemingly disappear underneath the truck, and then he just peers up over the spoiler and goes, Hello! <laughs> 
<laughs> follow that bus. Yeah. <laughs> the less English way. But... Yeah, I don't know why we both went English. Though, <laughs> but but yeah. very, very uh, London. Yes. Right, Governor, follow yeah. that bus. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's just lovely. It's mm. a very. It, it's so due south. Mm. So put like you're seven episodes in, and already in this episode, there's kind of so many callbacks. See, there you go. They've got the London. What looked like a London Bridge. Um, mock-up thing. Mm. I'm very curious about this now. We're going to have to find. We're going to have to look this up, and but after the episode. Uh, mm. So what else have we got? So after this, so Ray gets injured. Yeah, yeah the woman. Like it takes Ray. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ray. I don't know if we've got a lot to say about it, but it was very traumatising yeah, so to see. You see him kind of like oh, sprawled out on the floor, and he, she takes something off of him, which, which we, we think, think is his watch. Is a watch. And she time. takes the list. Yeah, yeah. So he was. Yeah. Isn't is the list there? No, the list's elsewhere. No, Sorry, no. the list's elsewhere. Yeah. The list's already gone to. Has the list? Who's the list with now? Because it's is left a girl. Is that the point where the girl treads I, on it? If I'm remembering correctly, the girl um, goes back to her hotel room, mm. drops on the floor, and knowing it's there, you know, so she's emptying out a bag, drops on the floor with her tissue. Yeah, so the, the maid sees it. it yeah, yeah. Sweet little maid picks it up, clears up the room. Mm. Goes off, it goes towards the incinerator. The guy in the incinerator picks it up for his for his cigarette. Yeah. Uh, he's and in he's the in the car. car, throws out the window, and the little girl gets it. Yeah, and, and then so it gets it's thrown out the car window. And I Who's it go to next? I'm wondering if that's the point where someone treads on it, walks off a bit, but then notices there's something on their feet, and then they pick it up, don't they? Yeah, so where's it gone now? I don't know. No, I think it goes on the tread before the little girl. Doesn't it? It might do. Because, yeah, the guy throws out the window from his car, mm. the custodian. Mm. Then they're standing on it, and then the girl grabs it. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll, keep, on a we'll, we'll pick up the thread of it next episode. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Have you got much else? Um, or anything else? Well, yeah, there was like another few little... Um, clips that we really liked you know like one of the bits when Benny's just running down the road and he jumps over the manhole <laughs> there's like two people either side of a manhole he yeah. like leaps over it as he's running down the road and then this guy that's down the manhole pops his head up and does like a double take and it's just another comedy moment it's a lovely double take really, reaction yeah, yeah. moment like yeah the, it's a lot of touches yeah where you get uh yeah, like they stop to have that moment yeah. in the episode, and it, it doesn't feel needed. like it. T- but it doesn't feel like it takes the air out of the no. episode. If you play that wrong, it could. Yeah, but it's a fun little moment. I think it's just yeah, another one of those reasons that making this a, a two-parter has just allowed them to just have that little bit more fun. Well, I think the, the mistake some shows makes is taking it out of something mm. consistent to the type of show it is. Yeah. So if you've got another program where you do that, it can just feel very clunky. But with this one, it feels like that's that's the style of humour of Juice yeah. that works for Juice And another moment um, when Benny manages to get back onto the bus again, and he climbs up and he goes onto the roof of the bus, and it's an open top bus. So he gets up onto the top, and there's a couple that are kind of making out at the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And obviously they're just like, what? They stop. <laughs> they stop kissing, and then he kind of climbs over them, and he's like, please continue. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and they go straight back at yeah, it. They're like, they're like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like they turn around, but it's almost like they don't react very much to him. They kind of turn around and he's going, oh, as you were. And they just start yeah, swimming yeah. again. Yeah. Carry on, make, yeah. make out. Yeah. yeah, that's nice. Um, 
Yeah, and I think that's probably all the notes we've got, really. You mentioned that, how irresponsible the woman is. That does kind of remind me of that. This actually happened to me once with the couple making out. You must have heard the story before. So, but for the benefit of the listeners, nothing to do south. It just amuses me um, and embarrasses me at the same time. But anyway, uh, I was there was a pie round at mine years ago, before I knew you. I'm pretty sure. And there was uh, an oh yeah yeah, there was a couple who were there who were some friends of mine, and. Uh, I'd gone into the bedroom with my ex-girlfriend at the time and tried to chat her up again and she was having none of it. And so I came out of there and I was trying to act like very nonchalant, like nothing happened and everything. It was, it, it was, it was ended, you know, it was perfectly cordial and everything, but she rebuked my uh, come on. <laughs> so I went into the front room and these friends of mine were making out and like I went to the front room and they stopped snogging when I came because I sat on the sofa next to them because I was seat there and they stopped snogging and they said, right, I go, oh, no, you continue. You just get on with it. No, it's fine, it's fine. Just just keep, keep. I was quite drunk at the time <laughs> as you might get from that impression. They go, it's, no, no, we, we're done anyway. That's fine, it's fine. It's, no, you can keep on going. It's like, no, sweet, please, please. We, we, we're done making out. It's It's fine. No, fine, I'll go then so you can keep going at it. It's fine. <laughs> so I get up. There is a cooler in front of us, which I would uh, used to put drinks drinks in, and uh, I was quite a slob, so I used to put dirty glasses in there as well. <laughs> so anyway, so you had glasses. It was very full. I don't know why I go into that detail, but I tripped <laughs> over the cooler, did what can only be termed as a stunning pirouette, and I land forward... Uh, and I put my hand out to steady myself on this unit with pint glasses. My hand smashes the pint glass, goes through it. I stand up and there's a very healthy shard of glass coming out between my uh, uh, swearing fingers, like to <laughs> swear, like peace sign fingers yeah. for non-English. You know, the way the British swear with two fingers, it was those fingers. And you may notice a healthy little scar there. You do have a scar. I have got a permanent scar from this. So, like, straight away, one friend of mine who's... Or there's a couple of friends of mine, friends of mine who... One's a nurse, one's a St. John's Ambulance first aider. And they're taking me to the bathroom going, like, let's just clear it out. I go, oh, it's fine. It's fine. I've, I think I already took out the big thing of glass, which you never do. No, you shouldn't do that. They took it, they washed it out, they get all the loose bits of glass, they can't... Like, it looks... Like, it's bleeding quite a bit, but it looks like, a, let's just get you to hospital. And I go, this is fine. It's fine. I'm fine. And I, I remember, as they dragged me away to the bathroom, I've already grabbed a thing of uh, garlic crouton munchies. <laughs> like, you, you used to have these things you could basically buy as crisps yeah. from a company called Phileas Fogg's. I and I, oh, I love the hell out of those things. And I didn't even want to stop snacking <laughs> to get this washed out. I'm like, I'll just sleep it off. It'll be fine pissing blood from my hand and I'm taking me to the hospital with me protesting all the way trying to walk away from them while they're trying to like they're trying to hold me up and like stop me from I go just one second then I try and bolt the other way at the hospital where I've got nowhere to go <laughs> they grab me and they go no this way uh, somewhere along the way of waiting I start to sober up and I get taken through to this uh, nurse who's doing you know, day surgery or whatever during the night and he goes to clear it out, and he's he he's one of these people who obviously to get through the night, 
is just high on life. <laughs> it's quite a camp guy, quite very lively. And he's going, oh, hello, what have we done here? Then I'm going, oh, fuck. Because like, I've started <laughs> to I started to get hungover. Like, the, the, the alcohol is starting to wear off. I'm like, oh, shit, I should have brought some booze with me. <laughs> they already made me put my crisps down. <laughs> And uh, so that's going. I guess. Uh, oh, did we have a party? Were we out in the town? Then I go. No, it was a party around at mine. He goes. He go. Yes. Oh, were there lots of people? Were your Billy no mates? I go. No, I was with people. Jesus Christ! Please, just thank you. Because <laughs> I'm trying not to be a dick to him because I'm so enough not not to be a dick anymore. <laughs> Clears out. End up going home. Yeah. So uh, that that scene of him going. No, actually, well, that reminds me of that. Oh, what a nice memory. <laughs> Have I never told you this? No. You look surprised by I this. I do, yeah. I think this, yeah. I've never seen that scar before. You've never this never come story. up. I've got two scars in my hand. We'll, we'll deal with the yeah, other well, one another time. Next episode. If there's any <laughs> knife lacerations in another episode, I'll bring up my yeah, other okay. scar on my thumb. Okay. <laughs> Especially if they involve the kitchen. Right. Well, okay. I look forward to that. So that's a tease for you, <laughs> listeners. As much as this is a tease, because that's the end of part yes. one of Chicago Holiday mm. or Holiday in Chicago. Holiday. Yeah, I didn't write down. We'll go with that. Well, Chicago. Chicago Holiday. Holiday in Chicago. Chicago Holiday. Yeah, Chicago Holiday Part One. That that's that yeah. for that. And uh, so we've just got a bit of business, which is first of all, we've got the. Uh, most American and most Canadian yeah. of the week, Michelle. Yeah, yeah. And Matt Lees, if you're listening, we could do another jingle. Because I know I just always ask you to do stuff every time I talk. I feel really bad, actually. <laughs> Maybe we can get uh, Johnny White Trash to do this one. Can I ask? Anyway, we'll deal with we that later. We can, but ask. We'll deal with that later. So, uh, mm. so Michelle, first of all, your most American My of most the week. My most American, I'm going to go for the, the young lady. The young lady, the young, the young Canadian lady as well. She is, she's Canadian, but I'm going for my most American. I feel like your most Americans are usually pretty cynical towards the Americans. I'm going to go for the fact that she is just a fun-loving... Oh, okay. <laughs> Have you just subverted it because I said that? No. <laughs> I think you're lying, but <laughs> go on. She's just loving life, out for a good time. Like Americans do. I have no good um, Americans and Canadians this week. I hope it's not obvious. I don't know. What are you looking for? I'm a drink. I put in my shoe. In your shoe. It's in your shoe. I'm not sure why I put in my shoe, but I put my drink in my shoe. Sorry, was that distracting? <laughs> Slightly. Uh, so, <laughs> okay, most American. I've got a good one, but I'm not proud of it. <laughs> okay. The taxi driver, because of oh, the current political oh, climate, oh. and a lot of these things are coming out of America. It started with an Englishman, though, didn't it? Which one? Harvey Weinstein. He's English, isn't he? He's American. Is he American? Yes. He, I thought he was actually He's English. a big-time American. I thought he was actually British. No, he's American. The Weinstein brothers, they're, they're I think, from Jersey. Because they? they were early backers of Kevin Smith's work, which Kevin... Why did I think dealt, he was English? ...dealt with very well by uh, donating the profits yeah, from those movies to women's charities... In perpetuity, so just oh, yeah. Shout out to Kev Smith now, wonderfully, is just as a person. I don't know why I thought that, but I thought the brothers were English. No, 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 Americans. Okay, well, I'll take that back. It's him, Spacey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, 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 don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I think there have been some British ones along the way. I think there was one actor whose name I don't know who got pulled from a TV show. Yeah. 
But yeah, unfortunately, this climate, I'm going to go with the taxi driver and we're not going to talk about this anymore. (laughs) Sorry, America. Look, if there is, if there are British people featured in future weeks, Mm. we'll quite happily point out anything wrong with the British because we like doing that too. So we're not just picking on Americans or, or anyone. No, we've got nothing against America. So most Canadian of the week. Most Canadian. Oh, I've got. Do, was, do you want? Do you want, do you want me to help you? Go on. Do yours first. Because this one I struggled with. I was struggling for quite a while. I was thinking, shit. No one's doing anything like nice <laughs> here, <laughs> or anything Canadian in spirit. Then the old lady maid came up. Oh, I was going, oh, all she's there to do is clean the room. And then she picks up that book. Like, she was on the way out of the room. Anyone would forgive her to going, I'd finished cleaning this room. She dropped that after I'd finished cleaning. I'm not doing it. But no, she comes back, cleans up the matches and the tissues. How Canadian of her. Yeah, that would have been a good one. Yeah. I mean, it's a stretch. But yeah, no, just go with mine then. You can just go I with can mine. Just one more or are you just that contrary? It's like, <laughs> no, now you've said it, I'm not going to pick her. Look, the one I was going to go for, and I'd had no real good reason for it other than the fact that he is Canadian, was the dad. <laughs> just because he's Canadian. <laughs> just because he is Canadian. And he doesn't act Canadian he at all. Canadian, no. But I got completely stuck. And, and when we say acting Canadian, I know there'll be Canadians listening going, well, we can do anything, eh? We're, 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 yeah, we some are, of us are uh, bastards. <laughs> We've got a diverse range of personality traits which can be go in any direction. Eh? Eh? Because that's the only part of my impression to make it sound even remotely Canadian. Yeah. Which Canadians are going, we don't say A that much. It's, uh, yeah, so I thought... Fun. Some of you do. Some Canadians say A. Johnny says A, whether he admits it or not. Yeah, so I thought... Well, fun time Rachel! For, for American and um, grumpy old dad for Canadian. <laughs> Are you going to stick yeah, with maybe, that or are you going to go with well, my Canadian? I don't know, I'm going to go for the um, maid lady now. Yeah, I think, and God knows if she was on for a second longer, she might do something <laughs> to prove me wrong, but she seemed like a sweet old lady like who was lady. very emboldened with the Canadian spirit, so we're going to go with her. Okay, yeah, we'll go with her. Yeah. Awesome. It's American Canadians of the Week, so now we just have to give it our, um, I'm trying to think of something not creepy. <laughs> Our vehicles, Benny jumps off out of ten. <laughs> oh, do you know what? I'm going to go quite high with this one. I'm going to give it nine out of ten. Nine Benny jumping off vehicles yes, out of ten. Yes, yes. Mm, this is interesting. So, nice, quite, only because I know what's coming. There's some bloody good episodes. Mm. So I kind of... Mm. I'm being very like they, we have given it a ten out of ten for mm. uh, the Leslie Nelson episode, and, yeah, yeah. and God that knows, was well deserved. Yeah, well deserved. If it wasn't the fact there were so many creepy things, in this yeah, episode, actually, yeah, no. So that does do it down. Yeah, that's a good point. So to me, nine's mm. very generous with all that. I, I really, really liked this episode. It was just I really loved it, but I'm going to use that as an an excuse to to mark it down because again, if any other episode, any other TV show, it might. Score a nine. On the Juice South ranking, especially with the creepiness, <laughs> I'm going to go seven out of ten. Oh, okay. okay. I mean, it would be eight without the creepiness. Mm. See, I think if it hadn't been creepy, I might have given it ten out of ten. I, there's oh, so many I mean, I, I won't argue because so it's very gems. solid. It's it's a very solid, very fantastic. And I kind of want to go eight. In fact, I'll go eight with creepiness. <laughs> creepiness drag factor at least takes two okay. points out of it. Uh, and we're going to sort of excuse it because of its time, which we shouldn't do. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So, is, is that everything for this week, Michelle? 
I think it is, unless you're going to try and make me remember how people can get in touch with us. How is that, Michelle? <laughs> Thank you, I almost forgot. <laughs> oh, why did I bring that up? By the way, uh, what's your favourite uh, podcast network, Michelle? Just wondering. The Wonky Spanner. Yeah. <laughs> but if you would like to get in touch with us you can do and I do get I mean yeah you could go to the Wonky Spanner and download all the previous episodes and current episodes of this as well as find them on your local podcast provider and the Wonky Spanner you of course can find such fine shows as uh, what, what could that be? as, as Nerd vs. World huh? for instance huh? and loads of other amazing programs that will uh, give you much light uh, Brendan Guiley from Nerd vs. World with uh Simon Spindles potast legends, especially Spindles, mm. and not just because he's the host of this network. <laughs> Love you, Spindles. Love you. We do. So, uh, where could they email Michelle? Yeah, yeah, you can email us, and I do get very excited when we get emails. Yeah, we do. We, we do. do love we do. this. We do. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we don't get many, so it is very exciting. Yeah, so, yeah please do at Gmail at juiceofbse at gmail dot com. I think I said that right. I feel like I should check now. I put that out there. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> or Twitter. Do self by South East or do self BSC. This is why I shouldn't Pick have one. brought it up. This is why I shouldn't have brought it up because. What, what's the Twitter? Do self BSC. Yes. Yeah. And uh, what is the Facebook the page? Facebook, I think, is do self by South East. That's all correct, Michelle. Oh, so good at this. We should set up an Instagram just so you have to remember it. <laughs> but if you go to the Gallifrey for now if you go to the Gallifrey Stands podcast uh, Instagram will give you exactly the same information as you'll get on Twitter and on um, the Facebook page and everywhere else but uh, that's something to put up yeah if you want to be a mini Mountie get in touch yes please do or if you know a Mountie especially <laughs> oh yeah if you know a Mountie you've got any interesting episode information anything really you just want to say hi we'll say hi back yeah. Yeah. Although once you have emailed us, you are a mini Mountie, <laughs> just to let you know. And Mel, send us more information on your cousin. Get him on the show, please. And uh, and what was the other thing? Oh yeah, and get him to become a mini Mountie. Yes. And an actual Mountie please, on mini Mountie. Ask him, ask mini and I love the fact that he'd be a random number like thirty-seven. Yeah, yeah not even number one as an actual Mountie. Yeah, thirty-something. Because those things amuse me. <laughs> Because, again, we're going to hit Paul Gross on and he's going to be a random uh, Mounty, mini Mounty number. Yeah. He's already in the gold circle, but now he can be in the ra- random one he's as well. He's a random number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for this week, I've been detective... Squ- and why, when I say this week, I, I, I'm sorry that these episodes have been coming out in slightly random fashion. It's not been quite weekly, but, but I'm working on it. It might be by this stage they are. I don't yeah, know. Maybe they are now. But I do two podcasts and I work, so uh, screw you, hippies. Uh, no, I love oh, you guys. We love I you. We love you. We love you. I've been Detective Squee. With me, as always, has been... Mountie Michelle. And? Dottie Baker. Don't know why I say it in an Irish little leprechaun voice. And uh, our Mountie Prime this week was? Oh, say that again. Our Mountie Prime joining us this week was? Oh, we had Neve. Mount- what, what you- Mini Mountie Prime. It's Neve. Neve, yeah. That's what I said. Eventually. Till next week, uh, Michelle, just wondering where should they keep their compasses pointed? To South by Southeast. Night. Bye. Bye. Bye.